Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Manhood Simplified podcast. I'm Ayanda Nyati. And you know, with each installment that we give you, we try to unpack an aspect of masculinity in this country. And hopefully, the conversations we have here will be a springboard for the discussions that you can have wherever you're listening to us from. Today, we're hoping to speak about violence and masculinity in this country. How well are we doing in tackling things like femicide and gender-based violence? And to help us unpack those issues, I'm joined by Jabu Baloi. He is, of course, the spokesperson of the Commission for Gender Equality. And it's Lovely to have you with us, sir. Thanks very much indeed for speaking to us. Very quickly, speak to our audience. Tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, thank you, Ayanda. My name is Jabu Baloi, spokesperson for the Commission for Gender Equality. Gender Equality is a chapter nine institution. We deal with issues of um, women empowerment, issues of toxic masculinity, issues of traditional religious practices that are inconsistent with the constitution of the Republic of South Africa. We are independent in mind and execution. We do our job without fear and favor. We raise our report to Parliament and very like-minded institutions. Um, we um, deal with the issues of accountability. However, we're not an implementing agency. That's where the, uh, the uh, misnomer at times happens to say, what is it that the Gender Commission is doing? And we give this report to relevant de department. And I'm glad the topic of today is one that you know, we have also put budget aside to ensure that you know, we engage men and boys in so far as toxic masculinity and men and boys in our society. That's in, in a nutshell that we do as a Commission for Gender Equality. Very comprehensive. Thanks very much indeed for that. Let's start on one of the issues you've just pointed out, uh, Jabu, and that is to do with you know, the Commission itself not being an implementing agency. In what ways does that hamper the ability for you to at least see through the recommendations you make in your findings? I under, it hampers us a lot because, you know, we depend on someone else to do what, we, uh, what it's expected of them to be done. Uh, we just released a report called uh, looking at the government's response on, on issues of gender-based violence and, 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 and femicide in the country. We came up with a, a very devastating um, uh, report and the, the findings were very appalling. Is then that uh, departments, NPA, women ministry, uh, and uh, presidents and SAPS, after the fact that they said, no, you got the wrong information, you shouldn't have been given this information. Now they're starting to, uh, to, uh, to scratch the, the, the straws. And it is wrong, because we were, we were meant to be given information from the wet go that will help South Africa, because we do understand these issues. Like now we went to the field throughout the nine provinces to look at what is it that the barrier in the police stations and the Tutuzela Care Center, that is making it, you know, the, the, the statistics. Remember in the last reporting quarter, three reporting quarters, almost 10,000 women were raped in South Africa. And those are those that have reported, not those that have lost uh, trust in the justice system. And we depend on the SAPS, we depend on the other uh, government departments and civil society, those that are implementers, to do what they're supposed to do. And parliamentarians also, because when they're given these reports, they need to hold those departments accountable. What are you doing, SAPS, with the, the backlogs on, uh, on DNA tests? Yeah. What are you doing, um, uh, Women Ministry, in terms of women empowerment? What are you doing, um, the COCTA? on issues of a boy child in the, going to the mountains in the Eastern Cape in Pompompomalanga. Yeah. Those are the things that, you know, sedents us that, you know, we have got these wonderful reports lying up there. Uh, we understand it's supposed to be movement, but, you know, the movement is not there. It's so interesting you say that because other studies have shown that a lot of the time before any criminal decides on whether or not to commit a crime, yes. they want to ascertain how possible it is for them to be found. From what you are saying, you know, there are men out there, perhaps, who know that there are great reports gathering dust somewhere on shelves, 
and because they know that there won't be any consequences for their actions, they go ahead and they commit the abuses. I mean, to what extent do you think that's accurate? It's very much accurate. People are acting with impunity because nothing happens to them. Mm. Uh, they know that, you know, the DNA test also uh, hampers the system. Go to Togoza Magistrate Court now. You will see that, you know, 20, 25, uh, uh, 25 cases of GBV, serious GBV case, they are going to be taken off the roll because they, we don't have DNA tests. The inconsistencies, you know, someone can be, look at the Oscar Pistorius case, look at the Vumile Jezile in Cape Town. Somebody can be arrested for a, a very serious deed, but be given something like a lenience of five, five years. They know, Ayanna, they will even phone you from prison, uh, these prisoners. They will say, Javo, when you call for 25 years, wow. we are grateful because we are going to study. We are going to have a nice life. They have cell phones. They have got uh, smart TVs. They are, you know, even the police commissioner, the deputy police commissioner, how thing, Tomim Tomim, he said the other day, I don't know whether he heard himself when he was saying, it's easier for, it's, it's safer in prison than being outside in South Africa. So that's why some of these things, you know, it's what we do, the willingness. It's true, it's accurate. People, they know that there's nothing that's going to happen to them. The case will be under control. They will postpone, postpone. They will challenge it, and they're out. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we, our, our, our judicial system needs to, to self-correct. With that in mind, then, I mean, what kind of messaging do you take on as a Chapter 9 institution? And I guess it's worth reminding those who are with us what Chapter 9 institutions are actually there for. It's essentially bodies that are meant to act independently, yes. look out for the ordinary South African, yeah. and are meant to be accessible, right? In a context where it feels that even you are becoming disillusioned about whether or not the work you are doing is, can lead to material change, how do you begin to try galvanize the masses, so to speak, to at least listen to what you have to say? Yeah, what, what would you do accurately and good? It's, you know, the outgoing, the, the, the um, SAPS, National Police Commissioner. We have subpoenaed them three times, uh, even the, new, the incoming um, um, uh, police commissioner. Police com we subpoenaed them three times yeah. because we want to be, restore people's faith. You know, it, Ayana, you'll be shocked that, you know, people will phone you at 11 o'clock at night. They say, we're going to the police station, but we just want to let the gender commission know. Because should we not, in, in, not involve, nothing is going to be done. And it's only then when we get to, to, to get to the police station and we say, we know there's this case, we are following up through this case. It's when people start acting. Do they have to act when a chapter nine social, a human rights commission has to come, a public protector of the gender commission? That's, it's, are, they, is, are they passionate enough to save uh, some of these people uh, within the police? And also this issue of capacity. Mm -hmm. Remember, some of them, the police officers are criminals uh, based on their own records. Yeah. And some of them, they can't write affidavits, some of them. You go to the police station now, I understand they will tell you, write an affidavit so that we can sign. They can't even read it back to you. And that, those are the things that, you know, they need to look. And I'm, I'm glad uh, uh, Mr. Masimula is speaking the language that we understand as a commission. Maybe he saw our statement beforehand to say uh, DNA backlogs, you know, is going to build capacity. We are working with them. We're not only criticizing them, but we are helping to build capacity. Imagine a novice from a training college in Pretoria taken to investigate a serious gender-based violence case. You might even have had the day before yesterday. Indikawa has won a case. Uh, the minister of police is going to be liable 
for that yes. case, yeah. So at the constitutional court, you know. The, oh, but I mean, to be fair, that yes. case, by the way, took years. Yes, no, she and, came to us too. Exactly, and yeah. a lot of money as well. Yes. Right? It also speaks to what about the people who don't have the time or the money? Exactly. It means, you know, justice is for those who have got money. Justice shouldn't be had, it should be seen to be done for everyone else, mm -hmm. you know, regardless of the position that you occupy in society. And that's, that's where we're fighting for as a commission. For When we have got our legal officers and um, um, uh, education officers going to the ground, I went to Hamaskral a month ago. Um, it's, it's number one in terms of gender-based violence statistics uh, in, in the country. When you, you, you look at the police, you know, they are this, they, 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 you know what, there's a sadness in, in their face when you look at them. They are engaging. They said we're supposed to have been three times the number. We're looking at the vast area. There are 283 now. Mm -hmm. They're saying we're supposed to look at that. You look at it also because we don't understand from a distance. We see police being failures. The police vans are broken down. You know, some of them, you know, you go to them, the attitude, the secondary victimization. You look at the issue of uh, Omotoso in the, in the Eastern Cape. Yeah. Uh, you look at the issue of, um, we were criticizing as much as normally people welcome judgment. We criticized the police recently on Tokofato police case. Um, that, that case could have, Ayanda, could have been prosecuted within six months. Mm. They had all the evidence. They had all the information. Why prolong things and make people suffer? When you know that, you know, why Oscar Pistorius was prosecuted within six months? You know, the, the funny part with the police, they will have this wonderful task team. When the task team is successful, it looks like it's, they dismantle them. Yeah. It's like, you know, they hate something successful. It's interesting you say that because some people believe it's because there's an interest in seeing those successful task teams with a short lifespan. But I want to steer us yes. to speaking about what this podcast is actually aiming to do, yes. which is to at least move hearts and minds, maybe of men, but also of those who interact with men, yeah. to think differently about how they, I guess, take on their expression of masculinity. Yes. So let me start here. The understanding of gender in this country, do you think it's moving with the times or evolving as quick as it needs to, to, to move? Because gender in perhaps, let's say, any ordinary community involves male or female. Yes. But those who are in the spaces that I'm sure you frequent will know that it extends beyond that. Yeah, it, it extends beyond that. Yeah. Normally, as men, uh, including myself, uh, let me not put myself outside. Yeah. We think when we talk gender, we talk about women. Uh, we talk gender, we talk about issues of LGBTI. We leave men behind, we leave a boy child outside. Hence, the gender commission, don't, we don't do a take a girl child to work. We, t we say take a child to work, mm. both boys and, men, uh, and girls, so that they get to understand. We, we, we have got, you know, the mindset of a man in South Africa, it's somehow slowly but surely changing. I always say, I answer to people outside there, um, men are not agent provocateurs of, uh, at, uh, most of the times. The problem part is us as men, we are idiots in responding. We do not know how to respond to provocations. Um, we are not the ones who start violence. And people think that I bash men, that, you know, men are trash and men are this and this. No, it's not so. We are saying, let's shift the mindset. When we, we, we must grow up to the extent to say, when you are being provoked inside the household, what do you do? We don't have social intelligence as men to deal with it. You, you, you need to walk away. And those are the things that makes men think that, you know, when we come hard on them, we write statements, we talk on various platforms about men uh, being not responsible, men I. You know, the anger that is embodied in within us as men somehow need to be demystified and engage men in it. We have assisted a lot of men as a commission to say, uh, those that have lost their job now, jobs now, we have referred them some to psychologists to say, look, when you're at home, 
you have got that wife who's working or partner. I always say, Ayanda, uh, a woman can stay with a woman until 100 years, a woman not working. A woman cannot stay with a man for 100 years without a man working. Mm. Uh, it's the way it's how society has uh, shaped us to think that, you know, it's a man's role to provide for the family. You don't take help. You know, we throw tantrums, you rather take somebody's life within the household because, you know, you feel that you are, not, you are less of a man. And also these women will also say at times, Ayanda, will tell the kids that, look, tell your father when he wakes up, you mustn't touch the yogurts. The yogurts are meant for you, it's not waking. You know, some of these things that are happening on TikToks, we follow them, we look at them and say, yes, this is true. At times, men, it's, it's, it's being judged uh, very harshly by society. And we need to remove the anger that is in a man. Sure. We need to also, this upbringing and socialization of a, a boy child at a young age. Yeah, that's exactly where I was hoping to go. I mean, you've touched on a whole variety of things there. Um, some broad statements, but I get the spirit in which you make them. Yes. Um, matters of men feeling emasculated yes. right, within the house. But also, you spoke about emotional intelligence. How do we get that right in a context where, according to stats, essay, only about a third of specifically young black boys in this country are being raised by their biological fathers? That being said, we have got programs in this country. Uh, there are a lot of men, NGOs, and Department of Social Development where they mentor a boy child. There are a lot of programs, you know, Trek has got a program also. What we're we failing to do, and all of us, uh, it's we're not exploiting the opportunity of life orientation within basic education. And life orientation has been criticized so widely, though. Don't no, no, that's one of the best subjects that, you know, we can engage these kids. The teachers that are being sent to do life orientation, we need to build capacity for them. It is us, the Gender Commission, the Human Rights Commission. We're working closely with basic education. But some of those teachers have already come out to say that they're not comfortable with teaching, for instance, about LGBT issues because of their own religious affiliation. Get, 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 yes, get those that are passionate to do the job and work within the space. Because in a school, in a normal school, you have got more than 15 teachers. Someone somewhere there has got the passion to work with the, with the kids. We have got these people who are studying ECD um, uh, uh, courses, curriculum at universities and um, um, colleges. Those are the people I know that we can use, that can also build capacity. We know the majority of the household in South Africa are women household. I was listening to a radio station now where a father is coming back to a someone's life after 30 years. And the mother, you know what the mother said? It's up to you, my son, whether you want to have a relationship with your father or not. As for me, I give you my blessing. Mm -hmm. And the man said, you know, the, the guy is coming to my life because I'm successful in so many magazines. Those are the stories that we can use. When we, that story, uh, I'm, I'm going to follow it through because it, it was very interesting while I was driving coming here. So that, you know, we understand, you know, some of the challenges that the boy child goes go through. Um, because, you know, you might find that you don't have a father, I end up with a father, we come to school, my dad is going to take me, you end up forming a fictitious, fictitious father in your mind, yeah. believing that the father is there. And those are the things that, you know, we're not saying and open enough. Some of the life orientation teachers, I enjoy engaging with them. We have met with them at the basic education. We just need to build capacity for them. It shouldn't be, by the way, this life orientation. Do you understand what you are teaching these kids? Because the, the message is, because some of the, the boys, we talk about issues of uh, masturbation and others. Some of these boys, they see it through TikTok, we, have, mm. we buy them expensive gadgets. Mm. And then when they go to the class, you said, I don't want to teach these kids because of religious oath or whatever. South Africa is not a religious state or a traditional state. We are a democratic state. A circular state. A circular yeah. state, yes. And eventually what happens is that, you know, yes. the boys themselves, the blind lead the blind, as we say. Exactly. But, okay, as we round up our discussion, you know, um, one of the other things that you've already mentioned is 
a lot of the time you get criticized as being a mouthpiece for something like Commission for Gender Equality. Yes. I guess that a lot of that criticism comes from men, right? Yes. Who just don't understand what you do yes. and why it's important. How do we bring those men on board and make sure that a whole lot more people are as passionate as you are mm. in at least having a conversation about reimagining what being a man actually is? Ayanda, I'll tell you that I'm the darling of men now. Those um, are, are, are being refused to, to, to see their kids. We have released a report to say a, a return when relations disentangled. Uh, where fathers are suffering the cause, you know, because by hell knows no fury like a woman scorned. So those are being um, uh, uh, deprived of saying they, they are phoning me nonstop on Twitter saying, Gender Commission, you are, you are there for us fathers. You know, it, it just took that report to change the perception. But however, we need to sit men down. Oh, on Saturday, I was in Kelvin, uh, Kelvin outside Santen with the Department of Justice and other men. We were engaging men. What is it? Men are angry. Men, because of absent father, some of them is not absent, absent, uh, it's a present absent father. Inside the house, you know, you don't talk to the child, you don't engage with the child, you don't tell the child whether it's a puberty level, when it's masculinity, when it's this, you know, you, you just look at it. And you are there, you're reading newspapers, you don't take the child to the sports field. When the child, you know, talks to you, you know, say, I don't have your time, I'm busy, can't you say I'm busy? All the time. But you tell people at the workplace that, you know, oh, my kids are the best, you know, I'm always with them. So those are the lessons that I left them there with, with those messages. What we need to do, we need to create a, a new man, a new, new man in all of us, a man who's sensitive. A man, we need to have role models. It doesn't help to say, um, I see you on TV. My kids said, oh, I am my role model. You're sitting there as a father. You need to ask yourself, why will the child say, I am my role model from a distance? What, what is it that you're doing wrong? Instead of getting angry, you need to, we need to introspect. Mm. We need to talk to men. I always say that in order to understand a man, talk to the man like a child. Because a man has got that uh, pass complex stage at times, you know, where we behave like kids. So that's the way to get to a man. And also, let, we must learn to listen. Because at times, I we, we, when somebody, you speak to me, you speak to me, I, I'm ready to respond. Instead of understanding what you're saying in order to respond, men need to be heard also. We need to tell men that, you know, they need to cry also. Emotions are there. When you are hurt, you are hurt. You cry. I always tell people, I went through a horrible divorce. And they were shocked when they looked at me. I said at the age of 30, I had it all. I had houses, I had everything. But when that divorce happened, as a man, I cried. I went to counseling. So at times, you know, we fool ourselves as men and give us wrong, wrong, wrong um, 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 advices. Yeah. You need to show emotions. You need to be who you are. You need to live for yourself and live in the moment and be, be, love yourself. The moment we, we hate ourselves as men, it's then that you know, things fall apart. Yeah. A man w without anything but with happiness and joy, that's a greater man to me. All right. It's on that bombshell that we're going to have to leave it. Thank you very much indeed for speaking to us. And, of course, there's a whole lot more to be said. Yes. But I imagine, as I always say, hopefully we've started the conversation for you and you might be able to take it forward from wherever you are. Look out, by the way, for part two of this discussion. What we've done now is get you a sense of what a Chapter 9 institution involved in these topics is thinking. Hopefully, when we meet again in part two, we'll get you a sense of where we are legally in this country when it comes to responding to femicide and gender-based violence.